I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I'm no, not you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor, a teacher, a clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Who we have tonight? Uh, I, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The internet, social media, dating and rideshare apps all make life so convenient and fun. Swiping to meet up with someone new has become part of our daily lives. It's also how many unsuspecting people have ended up dead. I'm Courtney Bell. And I'm Jillian Lee Garner, and we're the co-hosts of the true crime podcast, I Met My Murderer Online. In each episode, we share a true story of one such deadly online connection and hopefully how you can avoid it. We hear from all who were involved in the case. The investigators. They discovered a victim inside the house. Victims' family members. Right now, it doesn't feel like life can ever be joyful again. And sometimes, even the murderer themselves. You have to decide, okay, what are you willing to do here? Are you willing to kill these people? If you're a fan of true crime, then you have to listen to season two of I Met My Murderer online. On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You've heard me on this podcast use a term fast mover. And I don't exactly remember who coined that phrase. I'm pretty sure it was one of the perverted justice volunteers, either Dell or Frag. 
but we all adopted the phrase to describe when an adult, a predator, goes online seeking a child for sex on a specific platform known for quick hookups. And there are a lot of them. Now, of course, you've heard me talk about predators who have spent days, sometimes weeks, grooming their intended victim. But we always see at least one fast mover in virtually every investigation. A guy who gets on and needs to fulfill this fantasy, this drive, this need to have sex with a child quickly. Doesn't mean they're not worried about getting caught, because they often are. Sometimes a fast mover will show up literally in a matter of minutes, start to finish, under an hour. But the fastest fast mover of them all, perhaps, is a predator I've caught named Anthony Sorrentino, hot Italian lover 37, who surfaced during our investigation in Flagler Beach, Florida, just before Christmas in 2006. If you recall, we had set up the sting house in a, you know, pretty cool little beach bungalow right across the street from the Atlantic Ocean. There was a little pier, somewhat of a boardwalk, and the beach. Cool little town, Flagler Beach. And the police department there had done some preliminary research in the community and was shocked to find out how many potential predators were willing to meet with a teenage girl or boy. And so they got in contact with perverted justice and to catch a predator at the time. And we decided to collaborate in an investigation. And it was a successful one. As usual, guys from all walks of life. Executives, a police officer. It was a wild investigation. But the fastest fast mover, as I mentioned, was Anthony Sorrentino, 39 years old. He left no doubt in the chat as to what his intentions were. He knew exactly how old this boy was. Actually, it was a perverted justice decoy, posing as a 14-year-old boy with the screen name Doing the Do. Now, Yes, this decoy posing as a 14-year-old boy was in a space, a platform designed for guys to hook up with other guys. No question. And there's no question that that's a place where a 14-year-old should not be. But be that as it may, no adult should try to find a kid there for sex. And that's exactly what Anthony Sorrentino did. And he knew it was wrong. He said so in the chat, as short as it was. And we'll get into that in a moment. He would later claim that he suffered from mental illness, uh, bipolar disorder, and that perhaps was one of the reasons why he used poor judgment that day. That doesn't matter in the eyes of the law. 
And it certainly didn't matter in my eyes when he and I came face to face across a bar in our Flagler Beach Stinghouse. He talked to me for quite some time, then he talked to the detectives afterwards. You'll hear from both of those sessions later in this episode. Now, the chat itself, as I mentioned, does not last very long. Just a matter of minutes. Literally, the chat begins at 3.39 in the afternoon on December 8th, 2006. And it's over by 3.57. 18 minutes start to finish. And as it turns out, hot Italian lover 37, Anthony Sorrentino, lived just maybe 10 minutes away. So from the very beginning of the chat at 3.39 p.m. to the time he walked in the door was under an hour. A very fast mover indeed. How did it begin? Italian lover 37 says hi. Doing the do, 1992, says hi back. 14 male, Flagler County, you? Right off the top, he says he's 14. Me too. Not me too 14, me too in Flagler County. How are you? Where are you exactly, he wants to know. I'm in Palm Coast area, says the decoy, you? Right on 100. And then Italian Lover 37 wants to know, so what you doing this eve? Off all day here. He knows he's 14 and he's checking the schedule. This eve? I don't know why. Just bored, says Italian Lover 37. Okay, says doing to do. What's your stats? 58145 says the decoy 14 almost 15 for the second time the age is stated really you're that young yes i am i'm typical italian stocky muscular cute face nice body says anthony sorrentino yeah i see your pick says the decoy how tall, though? I'm better looking than my pick, though. Lost some weight. 5'8". Hmm. Better looking, eh? Cool. K-E-W-L. You don't look bad from your pick. What you looking for? The man wants to know. I don't know, says the non-committal boy. Well, hot sex. What else? Okay. Here we go. LOL, says the man. As if him saying to a 14-year-old boy, well, hot sex, what else, is somehow made to look better by putting LOL on the end. Well, it does not, Anthony. Ha ha, says the decoy. Well, I never had it with a guy before. Really? Are you gay? Well, bye. Now, this is an interesting part of the conversation, and we've seen this before, where 
the decoy will appear to be somewhat undecided or confused about their sexuality. And this somehow is a turn on to many of these predators, guys seeking boys. Because in their mind, they think, okay, I can counsel this boy. And if I can have sex with him as well, that's the fulfillment of my fantasy. I mean, that's my interpretation of it. I'm not a therapist, obviously. I like mess around with a guy before, says the decoy. It's hot, isn't it, LOL? But not like all the way. OMG, yes, he says then, referring to it's hot, isn't it? Then Italian Lover 37 says, how do I know you're not a cop, LOL? Well, the decoy's not a cop, but there are plenty around waiting for hot Italian lover to show up. Durr, I don't know, LOL. How I know you're not my dad setting me up, LOL. Italian lover 37, what do you want to do with a guy? You like getting your cock sucked? There's no doubt now what his intentions are. Yeah, says the decoy. Is it nice? Asks Italian Lover 37. Boy says, I got that from a chick before, but not a guy. Yeah, dude, it rules. The decoy says. Hot, are you home alone now? All right, so he knows the boy is 14. He knows the boy is vulnerable. He knows the boy is sexually curious. And now he says, are you home alone now? Meaning that he's willing to get in his car, drive the 10 minutes from his residence to the boy's home, and sexually assault him. And he thinks it's going to be okay because the boy gave consent. Well, a 14-year-old cannot give consent. Not in the United States. I can't drive nowhere, says the decoy, so you'd like have to come here first. Pick you up, he asks, or you just want to play there, says the man. We can play here. He won't be home till like nine. All right, it is now 3.54 p.m. Going on four o'clock. An Italian lover 37 says, okay, call me and give me directions. He gives the boy his number. The boy says, but I got to tell you, I actually live in Flagler Beach. It's just so small, I don't actually tell people that. I live right down the road. I know, LOL, says Do and Didu 1992. Cool. I'm going to call now. Okay. Oh, hey, what's your name? I'm Derek, says the decoy. Go ahead. Gotta know who to ask for, says the decoy. And Italian Lover 37 tells a lie in his last communication online with a boy. He says his name is John. John. Anthony Sorrentino says his name is John. Again, 18 minutes start to finish. It's about 45 seconds into the chat before... Anthony Sorrentino talks about sex. 
the fastest fast mover I can recall. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. And sure enough, here comes Anthony, hot Italian lover 37. He's greeted at the door by a young man we hired to be the outside decoy. Sorrentino walks in wearing shorts and a, a sleeveless t-shirt. He's a waiter at a local restaurant. Scott, if you can hear me, you need to go to the door and let this guy in. Hey, come on. So the on-site decoy, Scott, invites Sorrentino in. If you'll recall the setup at uh, Flag of the Beach, there was a little bar, countertop, and the door was on the side of the house by the driveway where the predators would enter. So there wasn't a long walk between the entrance and the set, if you will. Scott the decoy goes to one side of the bar and Anthony Sorrentino goes to the other. The decoy tells Italian lover 37 to have a seat. Says he'll be back in a moment. And that's when I come out of a back bedroom to have my discussion. You can sit here if you want. Just sit down. You want something to drink or anything? Yeah, okay. You are a fast mover. Please have a seat right there. Just please, Sean. And right away, I identify Anthony for exactly what he is, a fast mover. What are you doing here? Relax. Just calm down. He's very tense. Takes a deep breath. You can hear it through his nose. And he's standing there with both hands on the counter, all tensed up, almost like he was going to come around and do something physical, but he didn't. And ultimately, he relaxed uh, just a little bit. I had the transcription. Tell me what's going on. Nothing. I was just going to... Just going to what? Talk pretty good. Nothing is his answer when I ask him what's going on. He says he was just going to talk to the kid. What, about the things you talked about in the chat? Oral sex? And this is great. This is really rich. When I ask him what he was going to talk about, he suddenly pretends like he's a mentor. And he and the boy were going to talk about sports. What were you going to talk about? I don't know. Baseball. Baseball. Football. Anything else? That's right. Baseball, football. I ask him what else, and he shrugs his shoulders. 
he's very anxious now. You seem a little more nervous than somebody who was going to come over here and talk about baseball or football. How old did this boy say he was online? And yes, he admits the boy told him that he was only 14. And you thought it was okay at 39 to come over here and see a 14-year-old boy? Well, it's just going to hang out. So just hang out. I wasn't going to do anything with him. I was just going to hang out. I wasn't going to do anything with him. Mm-hmm. Wasn't buying it then, and I'm not buying it now, Anthony. You exchange names and ages in about 45 seconds later, if that. You say you're looking for hot sex. What do you suppose would have happened if there was a 14-year-old boy here? Really, they have some scared. I was scared. Scared, says the 39-year-old predator who discussed oral sex with a 14-year-old boy and then raced, literally raced over to consummate this sexual assault before the boy's dad got home from work. The whole deal went down in less than an hour. The whole thing from the very beginning, Anthony Sorrentino identifying this boy, reaching out to the boy, having a sexually charged conversation with the boy, and driving over under an hour. The conversation was 18 minutes. And now he's scared? Please. You were scared. Why would you be scared if you were just coming over here to talk? Because I, I, I just don't think I could have done it anyway. And then an excuse I hear quite frequently. I don't think I could have done it anyway. Well, that begs the question, Anthony. I mean, you get why this is wrong. Yeah. And you know, here in Florida, that's against the law and you can go to jail for it because it's a felony. You did not? No. Which is if he understands the law in Florida, which makes it illegal to even solicit a child online whether or not you actually show up or act out on the things you discussed. And ignorance is not a defense, Anthony. At this point, I decide it's time to let Anthony know exactly who I am and perhaps not shocking to any of you, Anthony has seen the show. That's right. He tells me he's watched to catch a predator. Now, the other problem for you is that I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC, and we're doing a story on adults. Oh, shit, is what he says. And he says that as my crew starts to come out from around the corner. A couple of cameramen and a sound man. Have you seen our stories before? Yeah. Catch a Predator show? So you've seen the show? Mm-hmm. Well, now you're on it. If there's anything else you'd like to say to us, we'd like to hear it. If not, clearly you can go. Sorry. And the source they didn't hear that. He apologizes. And then he leaves. The Flagler Beach Police Department is waiting. And they take him into custody without incident. He's brought to a interrogation center that's been set up where all the predators caught are later taken. And he's interrogated by a couple of detectives, one from the police department and one from the state attorney's office, the prosecutor's office in Florida. And aside from, well, you'll hear it in his own words, aside from claiming that he suffers from bipolar disorder, 
and that he takes medication for that, he doesn't have a real good defense. And as you'll hear, Anthony's biggest worry is that when he's taken to jail, some of the other fellows are going to realize why he's there. And he has a very clear understanding and, and imminent fear of what happens to sex offenders who target children when the sex offenders are, in fact, put up behind bars. He's very nervous about this. Take a listen. During a search of his car, police find marijuana and condoms. Oh, yes. And one other thing. When police searched his car, and this is before the actual interrogation, they find condoms and marijuana, which at the time was illegal and brought another charge of contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Later, Sorrentino tells the investigator he has a mental illness. Well, I'm bipolar, so I'm on medication. For bipolar, okay. And have you taken all your medication today? Yeah, I just take it at night. Then he explains how the online chat started. What about seeing him online made you want to talk to him? Oh, I just, because he was new, I'd never seen him online before. Okay. And why did he target this boy? Doing the do, 92? He had never seen him before. He was new. Somewhat fresh to target. If what you've heard shocks you so far, join us back in a moment. How long did it take before you found out that he was 14 or 15? He told me right away. Told you right away. Did that bother you? Yeah, it did. It did? Okay. And Sorrentino admits that the boy told him he was 14. He doesn't try to say, well, this is a fantasy. I thought it was an adult who was pretending to be a child. He fesses up. Doesn't make it any better, but he does fess up. Yeah. But still, you you came here and you, you planned to have sex with him. I guess. And honestly, I was just really turned on and I didn't know what I was going to do. I probably, you know. I mean, that's what I was thinking, I guess. I don't know what I was going to do. His excuse? Well, yeah, I guess I might have had sex with the boy. And he was just really hot bothered. When this uh, email business started, did, did this start today or did it start prior to today? I'm going to talk to him today. But I'm talking about the, the emails that are transpired here. That was today when you're... Uh, you're Italian, lower 37, is that correct? And you were chatting with doing the do, 1992. Did that all take place today, earlier today? Yes. The detectives go over the details of the conversation, which isn't that difficult since it only lasted 18 minutes start to finish. And Sorrentino tells them that he had never reached out or contacted this boy in the past. It was just a one-day thing. There's also some discussion about whether or not he's reached out to other underage targets. He claims no. He's hooked up with guys before he's met online, but never anybody underage. If I read you some of the text of these emails, would it refresh your memory to... You said you were out to have hot sex, is that correct? You, uh... Ask him if he was a cop. Remember that? Is that correct? The detectives go through the list of the things Sorrentino said online, and he admits to each and every one of them. He, at this point, has 
waived his right to a lawyer and to avoid being questioned. And then when you went over there, was it was it your intention that you hoped you had sex with this person? But I think based on the language here, if he'd have been agreeable, you'd have been agreeable. And that was probably your intent in going over there. Okay. Have you talked to anybody else online like this before? Not underage. What um what about this? What does he ever tell you what his real name is? This does he ever tell you what his real name is? Other than a screen name, did he ever tell you what his name was? And this is significant because it shows just how quickly Sarantino was moving in this entire effort to have sex with the child, but it shows how absolutely he doesn't care about the victim. The detective at one point, and, and I wish I had remembered to, to ask this in, in my interview with Sorrentino, but the detective at one point says, did you ever get the boy's real name? And it's a moment of revelation here because he says no. All he wanted to do was have sex with a 14-year-old. He didn't care about the boy's name. He cared about the sex. He cared about making sure it wasn't a sting operation. And he cared that the boy's dad wouldn't walk in on him while he was having sex. Didn't even take the time to get the child's name. Now, not that that is something that would make this all look better. But it does go to the mentality, the psychology, the wiring of some of these predators I've caught. Pure focus on consummating the fantasy. Were you bothered at all that this kid told you his parents weren't home and you were going to go over there? And, me. I... and what if his parents had come home? Is that part that turned you on? No. I don't know what, I was just confused. I was turned on, I was confused. Appreciate being frank and honest with us. Absolutely. The detectives wrap up their interrogation. It's relatively short because Sorrentino admits to basically everything he's done. But then they ask, do you have any questions for us? And this is where he expresses his concern about how he may be treated in jail because of the accusations against him. In other words, he knows or has heard or has seen on TV or in the movies that other inmates behind bars for other crimes don't take kindly to rapists and sex offenders who target children. So he's very worried that the other fellas in the jail are gonna find out which could happen. And by the way, he was one of a couple dozen guys caught in this investigation who's going to be headed to the county jail on this very day, or at least on this very weekend. Do you have any questions? I know I've, we had a I few minutes. I just know about like this situation in jail. I mean, am I going to be put where they're going to be colliding after that? Hard to hear him there, but he asks, am I going to be put in a part of the jail where guys are going to beat the hell out of me? The detective somewhat assures him by saying, look, you're going to be put in there and no one else is really going to know why. And the following day, you're going to get a chance to go before a judge and 
figure out what your bail is going to be and you can post it and get out in case the charges down the road. Um, what's going to happen is, is obviously the, the jail facility, you're not going to prison or anything like that. You're going to go out to the jail. Um, I don't know about prison, but you're going out to the jail today. Um, they're not going to announce why you're there, you know, so my suggestion would be is don't tell anybody why you're there. Okay. Um, you will, you're going out to the jail. You've got four charges against you. Okay. Um, the charges are attempted lewd or lascivious conduct, computer pornography, transmission of harmful material to a minor, and attempted contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Okay. Um, there's no bond set on that. So you're going to stay, you're going to spend the night there tonight. And that's why I said you need to make sure that you talk to the jail about your medication. Yeah, you need to, as soon as you get there, you need to talk to them about your medication. And because he takes medication for his bipolar disorder at night, the detective tells Sorrentino that he's got to let the medical folks know at the jail. And he will be allowed a phone call to contact a friend or a relative to make sure that medication makes it to the jail. So now he's all concerned about himself, his disorder, his medication, and whether or not the other inmates will beat him up. He hasn't shown a lot of remorse for what he was going to do to a 14-year-old boy. Sorrentino was charged with four different crimes. Attempted lewd and lascivious behavior with a child, transmitting pornography on the computer, a charge involving the marijuana, and another charge related to trying to have sex with a minor. Ultimately, Sarantino pleaded guilty to some of those charges. He received 17 months in prison, eight years parole, and he has to be a registered sex offender for life. As far as we can tell, after he got out of prison, he tried to find work for a while, could not, whether it was because of his criminal record or because of his bipolar disorder or any other mental health issues. He began collecting social security and that's how he was getting by for some time. He still resides in Florida. I was able to track down a phone number for him and I've called it, but so far I've not gotten a response. Fast mover, Anthony Sorrentino. As far as we can tell, he has not gotten into trouble with the law since, but for some traffic tickets and some other minor civil offenses, there has been no other felony committed that we can see. I'd like to talk to Anthony. And if he gets back to me, I will let you know. More of our story in a moment. As always, I also like to talk with all of you. Today's question comes from Greg in Suffolk, England. Hi Chris, this is Greg from Suffolk, England. I thought it might be interesting to ask you, as a media veteran, for your thoughts regarding the Jimmy Savile scandal that occurred here in the UK. For those that don't know, he was a TV personality for many decades here, 
a household name and admired for his charitable works, and was friends with royalty. Meanwhile, it is thought that he was one of the most prolific sex offenders in British history, assaulting hundreds of children. Many of these children were especially vulnerable and in hospitals or care, in which he was trusted as a voluntary staffer. Rumours were rife during his life, and it is likely that the BBC knew about it, but turned a blind eye, with some even alleging a cover-up. Sadly, he successfully escaped justice, with the scandal breaking only after his death. His victims were scared to come forward while he was alive due to his high status. It had a positive impact, ultimately, because of Operation Newtree, a police investigation that uncovered widespread sex offending in British media, and reporting of child abuse rose fourfold in the wake of the scandal. A similar parallel can be drawn with the Harvey Weinstein scandal, and the subsequent Weinstein effect. I just thought it might make an interesting question for you, albeit not directly related to TCAP. Thanks for all you do, and for your time, should you answer my question. It is an excellent question, Greg, and I am familiar with the Jimmy Seville scandal. For those of you who don't know, Jimmy Seville was a very popular broadcaster on the BBC in England. As Greg said, for decades, he had a show called Jimmy Will Fix It, and he hosted some some very popular shows that were a part of pop culture in the UK. And there had been whispers and rumors about inappropriate behavior for a long time. And I remember when I was doing Killer Instinct on ID, the production company was ITN, a British production company, British Broadcasting Network, independent. And so I would have meetings two or three times a year in the UK and London. And there was talk about Jimmy Seville. And the story was just starting to get out. And it was shocking, as Greg said. There were allegations of inappropriate behavior with kids in hospitals. Kids were looking forward to seeing this television star come visit them. And he exploited some of those kids. And nobody came forward for a long time. And those who did weren't recognized properly. And after he died, All this came to a head, and there have been a number of documentaries, exposés, and investigations into Jimmy Seville. And it would appear from all the evidence gathered that he was guilty of his homemade sin, and that he harmed a lot of kids using his fame and celebrity status. And as Greg mentioned, he even had somewhat of a relationship with with the royals. I'm sure they probably didn't know the specifics or obviously condone any of his actions. But as Greg mentioned, it did give people, survivors and victims, the courage to come forward, just like the Harvey Weinstein investigation and and so many others that came afterwards, the Peter Nygaard investigation that I worked on. And so ultimately, good came out of this very evil situation. It's a shocking story. And if you take a look around on some of the various platforms, you'll see exposés about Jimmy Seville. And as dark as it is, I think it's worth a look. Great question, Greg, and thank you very much for checking in from Suffolk, England. You can always find me on social media, official Chris Hansen on Instagram, at Chris Hansen on Twitter, have a C with Chris Hansen on TikTok, Cameo even. 
And on my streaming crime network, True Blue, T-R-U-B-L-U, watch TrueBlue.com for details with new predator investigations. More than 50 of them take down with Chris Hansen, and we're working on a lot of very important crime-related documentaries as well. Those will be out soon. We also have fast channels now coming out on the various platforms, including one now available on Roku, channel 529, True Blue. You can check out some of the Predator investigations there, along with some of our other content on True Blue. And obviously, for more, you can subscribe to our streaming network. And as always, you can find me right here at chris at predatorpodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening.